Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3 and the verses that we'll be looking at today are verses 10 through 22. The title of our message this morning is Experiencing God. Experiencing God. There's a popular gospel song that I've always enjoyed uh, hearing sung called Have a Little Talk with Jesus. Tell him all about our troubles. And I appreciate the sentiments of that. But I believe here at the burning bush, Moses is having a lot more than just a little talk with Jesus. He's having a, a big conversation with God Almighty. And he is indeed beginning through his journey of redemption to experience, to experience God in a very powerful way. And that's what the journey of redemption is all about and what the story of the book of Exodus is all about. This great journey of redemption, not only for Moses, but for all of God's people and children. And that's part of the great purpose of your redemption and of my redemption, of the redemption of the children of God is that we might experience and know God in our hearts and in our lives and hallelujah that begins here in this life but it's going to cult uh, it's going to uh, culminate one day in a world of of glory with him forever and that is where we are headed as the children of israel are going to be rescued out of their bondage out of the land of egypt and they're going to go through different tests and trials and they're going to have to fight battles, but it's going to culminate in them possessing the promised land, having that land that flowed with milk and honey that was promised by God. And it's a great natural picture of what is taking place in all of our lives. We're on that same journey of redemption, and through that journey, we are experiencing God. So here, Moses was on the backside of the desert. You'll just remember in chapter 3 and and he's 80 years old at this time and he's this sees this amazing sight and and God comes down Jesus comes down the angel of the presence of the Lord and he sets this bush on fire but the bush is not consumed and he calls to Moses and he tells Moses that uh, he's going to use him to uh, be a deliverer for his children. And, and he says, I've, I've heard their cry. And we end in verse 9, and he sees, and we see, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. And that's where we left off last time. And now we come to the call of Moses and this great conversation that he has with God. And the main part of this today is God's revelation of his name uh, to Moses and to the children of Israel. All before, Israel and the people of God in the world had known God as Elohim, the Mighty One, the Creator God. But now God is going to give his covenant name to them, his special name to them, his memorial name to them, and it's going to be a, a, one of the most significant events in the Old Testament. And so I invite you now to read this great conversation with God, and through it we will look and see how we also can experience God in our lives. Verse 10, Exodus chapter 3. Come now, therefore, I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain 
Notice that all the gods there have been the, the name for God, Elohim. And Moses said unto God, or Elohim, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, thou shalt, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God, that is Jehovah Elohim of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together, and say unto them, The Lord God, Jehovah Elohim, of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you, and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. That's a bunch of ites, isn't it? Unto a land flowing with milk and honey. And they shall hearken to thy voice. And thou shalt come down the elders of Israel unto the king of Egypt. And ye shall say unto him, The Lord God, Elohim, uh, Jehovah Elohim of the Hebrews, hath met with us. And now let us go, we beseech thee, three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. And I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, no, not by mighty hand. And I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall come to pass that when you go, ye shall not go empty. Hallelujah. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and of her that sojourneth in her house jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And ye shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters and ye shall spoil the Egyptians. Oh, what an amazing conversation with God our 80-year-old shepherd Moses is having on the backside of the desert in Mount Sinai. But I believe this really can give us insight into our own journey of redemption, in, the own, in our own ways in which we experience God in our lives. And that's an amazing thing, isn't it, that we can experience God that God uh, brings us into relationship with Him, that He comes into our hearts, that the Holy Spirit Himself lives within us, guides us, comforts us. Jesus is there at the right hand of the Majesty on high, interceding for every one of us this morning, asking the Father uh, to bless us, to open our ears, to open our hearts, to open our lives up to Him, to experience him. Now, there are many things that you and I can experience in this world. We can experience uh, the love that exists between a man and a woman. We can experience uh, uh, success uh, in life in different realms of, of natural life, whether it's work, whether it's school, whether it's uh, different activities. But there's nothing, all that pales in comparison to us being able and God being willing for us to experience God. Do you think anything, Brother Nick, do you think that anything that Moses had experienced in his life compared to what he's experiencing right now at the burning bush? <laughs> no. This alters the course of Moses' thinking of, of, of his life. And it's going to alter the course of about two million people. Uh, they are going to be uprooted what they had known with what they had known for 400 years and are going to follow this uh, servant shepherd uh, that had once been an outcast but now has been raised up to be delivered by the word of God uh, across the wilderness 
uh, to a land that is already inhabited with fierce people on the promise that God has visited him and talked to him and that God is going to give them that land as he promised their patriotic uh, progenitors that were 400 years before them. This is an amazing event and story, isn't it? Oh, but wouldn't all of us testify in our journey of redemption, in our experience with God, that has been no less wonderful and powerful and moving and mind-blowing what He has done for you and for me in our hearts, in our lives, and how He has led us, how He's kept us to this very moment, and then what He has promised us in days and years and in eternity to come. It's no less wonderful is it? So we can enter in to what's going on here between Moses and God. We've all had these conversations with God, maybe not out of a burning bush, but maybe it was down on your knees, on your face, in your closet. Maybe it was a, a moment where uh, you felt like your whole world had come crashing to an end and everything else was lost, but you found that God was there and God was enough. Oh, beloved, aren't you glad we can experience God today? That God comes down, that God talks to us, that God uh, is involved all around us, and He invites us to be involved in what He is doing. That's why you're at church today. I hope that you didn't come just out of some tradition or, well, it's what's right to do, and, you know, if, if I don't uh, go to church and God won't bless me here or there, You've got, you've got the whole thing uh, backwards. You're here because God has promised to meet us here. He has promised to talk to us here. In His kingdom is where we experience Him with others. And we're involved and we become involved in His work. So first and foremost, the first thing that we want to consider in this great experience with God is that we will experience God through our calling. We will experience God through our calling. Every one of you, underneath the sound of my voice this morning, you have a calling from God. Now, my calling is not your calling. Your calling is not, is not my calling. But God has called every one of His children and He has called them for a specific purpose as it, as it, as it um, pertains to His glory and to His kingdom. And so it's my hope that your soul is on fire today. Remember we said that in Moses' experience with the burning bush, that the burning bush wasn't the only thing that was set on fire, but the soul of Moses was set on fire for the glory of God and to do His work. Oh, that's what drove our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and finish his work. Father, glorify thyself through me was his, the pinnacle of his prayers to God. We will experience God through our calling. Here, Moses is being called by God to do something incredible to do something that nobody else thought could be done, to, be, to do something that is full of challenges, full of tests, full of, of, of difficulties. But God says, if you'll just obey me, if you will just have faith, Moses, you're going to see it all come to pass. Mm, do you hear that resounding in your own heart, in your own soul? Think about Abraham, God calls Abraham, right? Abraham, Abraham. He, he causes a great upheaval in his life. He challenges him to obey and to have faith and, and believe everything opposite of what his eyes would tell him. Oh, we think about Noah finding grace in the eyes of the Lord and asked to build this huge ark. And time and time again throughout Scripture, God calling His people, He's calling you. Just as he would say, Moses, Moses, it's Kevin, Kevin, Regina, Regina, hear my voice. I'm at work around you. Be involved in my work. Have faith. 
and obey, experience me in this life. God is at work around us, beloved. Do, do you not see that? Do you not feel that? Do you not know that? Do you think that God's just at work over here or over there or way back in the Bible and He's not at work now? No, listen to His very name. What is His name? His name is I am, not I was, not I will be here or there. God isn't just proclaiming His existence in His name. He's proclaiming His involvement in our lives. Can I get an amen? Amen. True, God is at work around you every day. And He's calling to you, son. True, Drew, look at where I'm at work around you. Look at what I'm doing. And involve your heart, your talents, the faith that I've given you, the talents I have given you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added Unto you, God is at work in our lives. He is calling His people. Moses, Moses. Abraham, Abraham. Peter, Peter. Mary, Mary. On and on. We find this wonderful calling. And God truly is calling His people. Now when we talk about our calling, it is a multifaceted idea and thought. Because first and foremost, where it all begins is in that great inward call of God, what we call being born again, being regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God, where the Spirit bears witness with our spirit, saying we are the children of God, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Daddy, daddy, none of the rest of it can occur or can be known until that initial call comes, that call of regeneration where we're given life in redemption. In redemption, part of the greatest part of redemption as we experience redemption in this life is our regeneration. Look at this, what the Apostle Peter says about this. Second Peter, keep your hand of course, in the book of Exodus, but turn to Second Peter. And he, Peter cries out to us from ages past into this very moment, into our lives. And he tells us in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10, Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence. Now, what is Peter going to say? Give diligence to make sure that you get that promotion at work. Make sure that, uh, that you take diligence to make sure that you take a nice vacation next year. Uh, no, it's, it has nothing to do with the worldly aspects or uh, things that we desire to accomplish in life. But Peter said, here's the main thing for you, dear child of God. And this is where God begins with our deliverer, Moses at the burning bush. Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your what? Your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. Mm. God is at work around us. And he invites us to be involved. That's what he's doing. With Moses at the burning bush. Moses begins to offer all these excuses, Sister Brandy. He said, but, 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 but. <laughs> I don't speak well. I've messed up in the past. Lord, nobody's going to listen to me. I don't have the authority. I don't, I don't know your name. Right? Who am I? He says. Well, God answered that. As a matter of fact, you're pretty much nobody. You're pretty much nobody. You're somebody that has been rejected, living in the backside of nowhere. You're just a shepherd for your father-in-law. That's why now you're ready to be used by God. See, as long as you and I keep thinking that we're somebody, we're never going to be anybody that God uses. But when we can realize 
that it's God that's at work. It's God's glory. It's God's kingdom. My life even isn't my own. My family isn't my own. My marriage isn't my own. My money isn't my own. This church isn't my own. It all belongs to God. But God's at work and He has invited me to be involved. Moses, it doesn't matter who you are. What matters is that you experience and that you know me and who I am. And of course, this calling experience, this way that we experience God through our calling, as I've already said, it begins with our regeneration. Our calling, uh, as we experience it, as we experience our calling, it begins in regeneration. But babe, let me be clear. Sister Vicki, our calling began before we ever existed. Our calling was before we were ever born. Our calling was before the worlds were ever made, Cody. Yes, isn't that amazing? That from all eternity, God has called His children. Let's go to the uh, Paul's letter to the Romans. Oh, we love Romans chapter 8, don't we? Beloved, let's go there and remind ourselves about our calling and awaken our souls to our calling again in our lives that we would walk worthy of the calling that has been given to us by God, that He is at work around us, that He has invited us to be involved. He has brought me from death to life. He has translated me from a kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of His dear Son that I was, that I was dead in trespasses, and in sins, and now He has quickened me by the power of His Spirit to a new creature, to a new life. And He called me. He called me. Out of Egypt have I called my Son. Oh, hallelujah. Here, beloved, we read in the book of Romans, chapter 8 and verse 14, For as many as are led... By the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For we have not received the spirit of bondage, again to fear. That's where they were. They were in bondage in Egypt. We were in bondage in our sin. But now we have been set free by the regenerative work and immediate work of the Holy Spirit. And we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba. That is the Hebrew term of affection for a father. And every father loves to hear it when his children say, Daddy. And that's the way that you and I are with God. He is a father who does pity and love his children. The Lord knows them that are his and he calls them by name. And he calls them to be involved in a work in their lives and He gives them the ability to do what He has called them to do. And He's there all the way, Larissa, to help you. All the way. All the way. When He sent them in front of Pharaoh, He said to Pharaoh, Tell Pharaoh, Israel is my son and my firstborn. You let him go. You let him go. Oh, the beautiful relationship that we have Whereby, he says, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And that's where it begins in our calling as we experience. But I'm glad the Apostle Paul goes even deeper with our calling. That there was something that happened even before the world began in the eternal decrees of God. We were called to be the children of God. Let's look at this. Romans 8. And beginning in verse 28, notice the language here. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Oh, that's so hard to believe sometimes, isn't it? When we see so much evil that's in the world and we face so much opposition from within and without in our own lives. But believe by faith the promise. All things in your life, dear child of God, are going to work together for good. Why? Because it is to them that love God, to them who are the what? The called 
according to his purpose. Now listen. For whom he did foreknow. Now we're going into the eternal decrees and counsels of God. Paul is calling us on a journey. He's, he's told us the reason that you are able to experience God is because He has adopted you and He has given you His Spirit whereby you may know Him. Somebody says, how do I know, Brother Nathan, if I'm an elect or not? God will tell you you are because He'll regenerate you. He's going to put His Spirit within you and change you and make you new and different, a part of His family. But Apostle Paul says, but, but even before that, he said, God called you first. He, he said, you're, you're called according to the purpose of God for whom he did foreknow. Now, this, this doesn't foreknow here, beloved, doesn't mean that God just had a conscious knowledge of your existence or that God just could see you down the line throughout the ages of eternity and to this moment. God can do that. God does do that. God is omniscient. Amen? He's infinitely wise. But it's deeper than that. Foreknow means that He foreloved you. The, the know there, gnosko, is, is the same connotation as when the Scripture says, and Adam knew his wife. It is, it is an intimate, special bond of love, of intimacy. God knew us that way even before we knew Him that way. He foreloved us. And those that He foreloved, He also did predestinate. Now people want to take that out of the Bible. People don't want to believe that. But beloved, it's right there, isn't it? It cannot be denied that God predestinated those whom He has called and those whom He foreknew. It cannot be denied. That means He predetermined their destiny and their end. Are you happy for that today? I am. I'm glad that, that God is at work and He's let me be involved. That God is not waiting upon me. I'm waiting upon Him. God's not waiting upon my will. I'm waiting upon His will, His purpose. He foreknew. He predestinated this. To be con for us to be conformed to the image of His Son that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now listen, let's keep going. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also, what? Read it for me. Say it for me. He called. There it is. The calling where we will experience God. Oh, beloved. He called us that inward call and then there's that outward call of the gospel that converts us, that brings us our faith to fullness in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in that conversion and in that calling, He shows us and reveals to us what He wants us to do for Him in this life. Oh, and for those that He called, He also justified. Oh, rejoice in this. Because He took all your sins, Brother Stacy. And he put them on Jesus. And Jesus paid for them all. And then Jesus, and then he took the righteousness of Christ and he put it upon you and said, You're mine and you're clean and you're right. People that don't believe in eternal justification, I pity them. For before the world began, Jesus was as a lamb slain before the foundation of the world, and you were justified before the Lord, and also glorified. Do you rejoice in this today? So we see our shepherd servant, Moses. Let's go back to Exodus 3 as we see this, this calling. Come now, therefore. This is an invitation. Would you agree with me? When you, when you invite somebody to come, Jesus would say to those, as we sang about today, Come unto me. All ye that are weary and heavy laden. Here is the great invitation. I am at work. I am laboring. Come and labor with me and your yoke will be easy and your burden light because that I am shouldering the load. And he says, look, you're going to come 
And that is the first thing, beloved. You've got to come to God. And he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Oh, if you have not come to Christ, why would you not come? And he says, when you do come, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you. Now here's where Mo- Moses and us falter a little bit. I love Isaiah's attitude, right? When Isaiah... In the year that King Uzziah died, he says, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple, and the angels were crying, Holy, holy, holy. And God said, I, God called out, Who will go for us? Who will I send? Well, if Moses had been there, he would have said, Not me. But I love the spirit of Isaiah. And this is the spirit that we need to have. Lord, here am I. What? Send me. Fire was involved there too, wasn't it? Because the angel came and took the, one of the coals off of the altar and put it on, on, his, on his tongue. Oh, this calling, this calling is going to require faith. It's, it's, if you're really called of God and you believe God and you're going to follow God, if you're going to come and allow Him to send you. It's going to call you to make major adjustments in your life. Major adjustments in your life. And you will experience God in this calling. As you obey Him. And you see, his, him, and you see him accomplish His will through your life. Even accomplish some of His own will through your prayers. Oh, Beloved, what a wonderful thing. He says, I'm going to send you that you will bring forth. Oh, I love this expression right here highlighted in your Bible. Because this is, this is the relationship term. He said, I'm going to send you to bring forth who? Just anybody or everybody? No, my people. This is is a new expression of God's and, and of, of, of Israel's understanding of their identity. God is telling Moses who he is. God is telling Moses who, who God is. But God is also revealing to him the family of God and the kingdom of God. This in the Greek is Ami. This is when God begins to call them my people. That's why he told Pharaoh, Hey, tell Pharaoh, Israel is my son. He's my firstborn. They're my people. Is that the way that you feel about the church? The church and the relationships that we have here are on a plane above any natural or earthly relationships that we have to belong to the people of God, to be a part of of the family of God. He said, they're my people. And that's who that, that we should love and who we should serve and who we should spend our lives with and, who, and what we should be asking God to use us because there's still uh, some of God's people out in Egypt that need to be brought forth and come forth and set free. And Moses said unto God, who am I? You're nobody that I should bring forth, that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. But listen to the promise of the calling. And he said, certainly, oh, beloved, and this is is to you, whatever that you're facing next week, whatever you're facing in life, take this for yourself too. Because it's true. It's the true promise of God, Brother Kevin. Certainly, I will be with you. Thee. That should be enough right there. If God be for us, what? Who can be against us? Here, as we experience God, it's going to require faith of Moses. It's going to require major adjustments to Moses' life. Yes, Moses had gotten comfortable just being kind of the little shepherd servant there. Uh, not much was required of him. You know, maybe Moses thought, hey, you know, uh, this is going to be my retirement here. But God said, no. You, you, I'm, 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 it's going to be major upheaval in your life now, Moses. Not only for Moses, 
but also for the family of God. God is not interested, beloved, in our comfort today. Now, ultimately He is in heaven, but here in this world, we're to serve Him. Blood, sweat, toil, and tears. Oh yeah, there's, there's joys, and there's spoils, and there's victories. But it's going to bring about major adjustments to the, to the life. And then Moses and Israel are going to experience God as they obey. And they see God accomplish His will in their life. I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. He's, going to, he's telling them what's going to happen. He's kind of giving him the playbook and the plan. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt. Don't you like that? God knows what's going on today, tomorrow, 20 years from now. And he's telling Moses, you are going to be the deliverer. You are going to go down there. Yes, you're going to face opposition, but they're going to listen to you because I'm at work. I'm going to be with you. Pharaoh's going to reject it at first, but I'm going to press on him, and eventually he's going to let you go. And Moses, you're going to bring all the people of God. Now, this had to be mind-blowing to Moses. And I'm telling you, in my life, sometimes God has blown my mind. I said to my, myself sometimes, there's no way God will do that. And God does it. And I just have to jaw drop again and say, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. He said, you're going to bring all two million of my people. And they're going to serve me in this very spot where we're at, where we're talking right now. Isn't that amazing? Oh, believe, have faith. God says, I'm, I'm going to do it. Now, secondly, not only will we experience God through our calling, and that's what's happening with Moses here, and this is going to go on Moses' whole life, and it's going to go on your whole life. Hallelujah. Till we get that final call to come home. Brother Jonathan Poe is fixing to experience that. He's going to, he's going to get that final call here on this earth. Jonathan, all your sorrows are ended. All your pain is over. God's going to wipe all the tears from his eyes. He's going to put a crown on his head and a robe of righteousness on him. Oh, and he's going to serve God day and night in the temple forever. He's going to drink that river that flows from the throne of God. He's going to sing with God with the redeemed host and take his place. Oh, beloved, how wonderful to experience the first call and the last call. How wonderful it is to experience God through life. And we will experience God not only through our calling, but secondly, we'll experience God through our relationship. We'll experience God through our relationship. Mm. I love what Jeremiah would say. It's one of my it's one of my favorite verses in the book of Jeremiah. Let's go here. We need to hear this today because sometimes we get to focusing on the wrong thing. It's just a natural tendency to us because of, of our flesh. We're just that way. Even I remember when Jesus had sent out the 70 on their mission trip. He had invited them to come and then he sent them out for the same purpose of delivering people out of darkness and and under the bondage of Satan to come and invite them into the kingdom and relationship and calling with him it was the same thing in the New Testament. And they came back and it said they were rejoicing. And they said, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us. And Jesus said, don't rejoice that the devils are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written and recorded in heaven. It's your relationship with God based on your calling. That is what should be the most important thing in life. And your and my relationship with God is more important than my relationship with my wife. It's more important than my relationship with my children. It's more important than my job. It's more important than what I think might be in my future out there. It, it ought to be the most important thing in my life is my relationship with God. Do you agree? And that's what it's going to be for Moses. And that's what's going to be for Moses. That's what's going to hold Moses through some of the. You already know a lot of the story of the book of Exodus. I mean, 
this man is going to be put through the ringer. But he's going to find that relationship with God is his stay, is his strength. And Jeremiah says this, and I think that he says it so, I don't think it could be said any more beautiful than this. And let us all take heed. Jeremiah 9, verse 23. Thus saith the Lord. The word Lord there is capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Am I correct? That is the I am. That is the tetragrammaton. That is Y, capital Y, capital H, capital W, uh, capital H again. It is the covenant personal name of God, Yahweh, which we translate Jehovah. And it was revealed at this moment at the burning bush. And Jeremiah is carrying it over. Thus saith Jehovah, Yahweh, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Neither no, let not the rich man glory in his wi- riches. But here it is. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness of the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord, saith the I am. You can replace Lord anywhere in the scriptures with I am. I am. And so here he is beginning to explain to Moses and to teach him that I'm not a God that's far off. I'm not just some deity that is to be feared or a God of the past or God of of these patriarchs that that, uh, brought all this nation of, of people into existence naturally. I'm more than that. You, Moses, you child of God today, have a vital and virtual relationship with God, with Jehovah, with the Lord, with I Am. And you have it through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is Yahweh? Who is Jehovah, Brother Kevin? He is Jehovah. Jesus is Jehovah. Jesus is the one speaking to Moses In the burning bush. He is. I am. And we have relationship with him. And I love here that God declares not only his existence. So so Moses says God. When I come to the children of Israel. We see Moses is, is beginning to use the faith that he's been given. He says Lord I'm going to go to him. And I'm going to say to him. God, Elohim of your fathers, has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. And God said, Moreover unto Moses, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, This is relationship, children, my people. We're, we're seeing all these. My son, he calls them. The Lord God of your fathers, Jehovah Elohim of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name forever. This is my memorial unto all generations. Here it is. I am Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton. It's four consonants. Y-H-W-H. Yahweh, the covenant name of God. God is the Lord. He is the only being that is self-sufficient. He is the only being that is self-existent. He is the only being that is self-evident in the universe. And God is declaring himself to Moses in relationship. I'm your God, Moses. I'm the God of Abraham, of Isaac and Jacob, and of everyone that is an heir of promise. I am their God. Not I was... Not I am or not I will be, but all of them at one time. You know, Rene Descartes, the famous French philosopher, he said, I think, therefore, I am. You heard of that? He said, I think, therefore, I am, declaring that he knew that he existed because that he thought. And if I think, therefore, I exist. But God doesn't say, I think, therefore, I am, Drew. He says, I am. Therefore, you think. 
you think. God is the only one that is self-sufficient. He doesn't need anything. He doesn't need anyone. He is completely whole and entire in himself. But we need him, don't we? Are you self-sufficient? Oh, no. I'm, I'm Christ-sufficiency. I'm, I'm depending on the sufficiency of the Lord. Are you self-existent? Did you bring yourself into existence? God said, I, I never began. I'll never end. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I change not. I'm the eternal God. Beside me there is no other. Who are you going to tell him that's going to set him free? Who are you going to tell him that is going to break the, the chains that are around their lives? Who are you going to tell them that can give them something that's better beyond their wildest dreams? Tell them I am will. I am will. Tell that to your own soul. And the things that you doubt today are the things that you can't believe. With man it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible because He is the I Am. He is not only declaring His existence to Moses here, but He's declaring His involvement in the journey of redemption. Jesus, God is the Lord. Jesus is Lord. Think back. To the gospel of John. As we compare. The one speaking in the burning bush. The great I am. The great Jehovah. The great Yahweh. The true God of the Bible. As he has revealed himself for the first time. In a personal way. To anyone. In this manner. Think about the ministry of Jesus Christ. When he would stand. And he would tell the people of his day, I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. Before Abraham was, what did he say? I am. What was Jesus saying? I'm Yahweh. I'm Jehovah. I'm God. And it's through relationship with Him that we experience God. No man can come to the Father except by me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. When they came to Catherine, He said, Whom seek ye? They said, Jesus. And He said, I am. In English, they added a he. I am he. But it's not there in the original. Jesus just said, I am. And they fell back dead as dead men. Do you realize? That's who's here today with us. The same one. He's the one living inside of you, guiding you, calling you, having a vital and virtual relationship with you. And we experience this through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, he's telling them, this is my memorial name. This is who I am. Go and declare who I am and that I am to the people of God. And that is going to be your testimony and witness to the world. And it's the whole reason that I'm calling you out because through all this one day I'm going to take on flesh and dwell among you and redeem you and raise from the dead and ascend to glory and accomplish in reality all that now is a picture of what I'm doing in your lives here many many years ago well, third, thirdly, beloved, we will experience God through our challenges. We will experience God through our challenges. Moses is going to be challenged. I ask you, was Noah challenged? Was Abraham challenged? Was David challenged? Are you challenged in your life to live up to this calling? To make 
your life? To, to, are you challenged to put God and His kingdom first in your own life and then to challenge others to do the same? That's what God said to Moses. Now I'm going to send you to the elders. Moses, I'm calling you. You're going to have to be a leader of leaders. And you're going to have to teach them and call them and model for them what it means to seek the kingdom of God first. And then everything else will be added unto you. You're going to experience God through the challenges of your life. I can think of no one that this was more true of in in Bible stories than the old patriarch Job. Job knew God. Job was experiencing God in his life. And Job was being blessed in his life above all the men on the earth. And Job loved God. But God called upon Job to go through a series of challenges unlike any other man outside of the Lord Jesus Christ had ever been challenged in his life. And you all know the story. But it was through these challenges and it's through the challenges that Moses and the children of Israel and that you and I are going to go through in life that we're really going to be able to experience and know God how he really is. That he really is as gracious as he says he is. That he really is as merciful as he says he is. Brother Kevin, that he's really as faithful as he says he is. You only know it. You only know it. When you go through challenges. And Moses is going to face challenge after challenge after challenge. And God is going to be with him. And they're going to meet the challenge. And he's going to experience God. Man, you talk about a challenge up against a Red Sea. Right? Up against a Red Sea with two million people that don't know how to fight. You don't have a sword. You don't have a shield. And here comes the mightiest army on earth at the time charging down in front of you you talk about a challenge everybody's saying and looking at Moses well you said God was going to deliver us and we followed you and here we are now we're all about to die thanks a lot man and then to see God open up the Red Sea and put his pillar of fire between them and the Egyptians till they all got across on the other side and that was that was just one of the challenges But they experienced God through the challenges that they went through in their life. Do you face challenges? Have you faced challenges? Those of you that have lived a while, can't you go back and you can look at those most challenging moments that that's when you knew and you realized and you understood that the I am was the greatest reality of your life. And he really was and he really is all that he claims to be. And he's even more. And he's even more than that. Oh. He says, I'm going to send you to these elders. And you're going to tell them this. That, that there's going to be a huge upheaval in their life. That they're, they're going to have to leave all the comforts uh, that they had known. Their lives and their homes. Everything in Egypt that they had and that they had known for 400 years. And isn't it amazing, verse 18 of our text, that God says, and they shall hearken to thy voice. <laughs> what, a, what a drastic change 40 years made, right? When Moses, remember when Moses was 40? And he said, I, I think I can deliver the people out. And he slays the Egyptian. And then they, they say to him, well, who do you think you are? Are you a judge or, or a deliverer over us? But now he comes. Not in his own name, but in the name of the I Am. And under the direction and calling of God. And God says, when you go to Him this time, you're going to go to the leader of the leaders. You're the leader of the leaders. And you're going to go to the leaders and you're going to tell them the plan that I Am has for them. And they're going to listen to you. They're going to listen to you. They shall hearken to thy voice. And thou shalt come, thou and the elders of Israel, to the king of Egypt, and ye shall say unto him, The Lord God, Jehovah Elohim of the Hebrews, hath met with us. We have experienced him. And now let us go. Oh, the freedom song. Let us go. We beseech thee. Three days journey into the wilderness. 
Notice Moses didn't ever say we're coming back. Three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. We're going to put God and his kingdom first in our own lives. We're going to challenge others to do the same. We're going to experience God keep us on the journey. We're going to experience God through challenges. Help us through every difficulty. God knows the opposition that you and I face. He does. Does he not? But he knows all, doesn't he? He says, I know how Pharaoh's going to act. Moses, when you and the elders go to him, God knows the opposition. He says, Pharaoh's heart's going to be so hard, and he's not going to let you go. But then God said, I'm going to take my hand, my hand, and I'm going to press down upon that man, and I'm going to break that man. And he's going to let you go. And you're going to have the victory. And you and I learned that and we experienced that with God through the challenges of life. Now I'll be the first to say, I wish sometimes God could find an easier way. <laughs> but it's, it's needful. It's, it's necessary for us. If He has brought it into our lives and will bring it into our lives, our loving Father and Savior, and God, then it is exactly what we need. And, it's, and He's going to work it for our good because we're His called. He's going to allow us to experience, him, to experience Him through this beautiful relationship that we have and through the challenges that He brings into our lives that He's going to help and guide us through. God knows the opposition we face. And he promises Moses and the people of God ultimate victory. And he has made the same promise to you and I. So don't ever give up on God. Don't ever give up on his kingdom. Don't ever give up on his word. Hold on to it, beloved. Well, this last one, I'm so glad to share it with you as we close. Because it's one of the sweetest things that we can rejoice in in this life, Brother Kevin. We will experience God through our blessings. We will experience God through our blessings. And I forgot to read this. Uh, give me just a second. Let me go back because I was talking about Job and I got sidetracked. But at the very end in Job 42... When we're talking about experiencing God through challenges, here's what Job said at the end of everything that Job had went through. Job 42, 1 through 6. When Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered that I understood not, things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak, and I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the year. That was one experience. But now through all the challenges of his life and really talking with God, Job says, but now mine eye seeth thee. And the reaction that Job had is incredible. He said, wherefore I abhor myself and I repent in dust and ashes. And it was after that, dust and ashes, that God brought back to Job and blessed, and Job was blessed and was mightier than he ever was even before he went through all of his challenges. Is that powerful to you? Is that powerful to you? It is to me. I need to hear that. I need to believe that. And I need to live upon that as I experience God through challenge. But I'm so glad that we also get to experience God through our blessings. Oh, how wonderful that, that God is in, in all of this calling, in all of this relationship, in all of these challenges of life. Yet all along the way are these uh, measures of these handfuls of purpose, of grace, these... Uh, a showers of blessings, right? Our song says mercy drops round us are falling. 
But then the, the showers that we plead in, and we sing that song, count your blessings, name them one by one. Oh, even the blessing and the privilege of being here today in the house of God under the sound of the gospel and singing the praises of God, sitting in heavenly places, being on holy ground with the army, with the people of God, and with Jehovah God. What a blessing we have today. What a blessing. And then you just look in your life. Gina, look to your right and to your left and tell me you're not a blessed woman. Blessed woman. Blessed beyond belief. And we experience God and we see the goodness of God in our blessings. And he told Abraham, in blessing, I will bless thee. I'm going to pour out my blessings upon you. Oh, he told the children of Israel, you're going to have challenges. Oh, but when you leave Egypt, did you see this beautiful picture? These that had been slaves so long. These that had had nothing for so long. He said on the night that you leave. The Egyptians are going to pour out their treasures. They're going to empty out their bank accounts. They're going to empty out their jewelry boxes. And they're going to put them upon you and upon your children. And you came in empty but you're going to go out full. He said you shall not go away empty. Not when you... Have the I am as your God. The fount of all blessing. He loves to bless us, Cody. He loves to bless us. Aren't you glad you serve a God like that? He loves to bless us. Without a sword drawn. Without a bow pulled. Slaves plundered the wealth of Egypt in a night. But oh... So many things can be taken from us in this life. And what is the highest joy and what is the greatest blessing? What Moses and the children of Israel would learn is that God himself is our greatest blessing. And brother Nick, you're rich in him alone. God loves to bless us. So, count your blessings. Make them count. Use them for His glory and for His honor. Realizing that He Himself is the greatest blessing that you will ever know. That that cannot be taken away And oh, I love this. In the book of Ezekiel, as we close. Beginning in verse 23 of Ezekiel 34. And I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them. Even my servant David, he shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. This is a prophetic utterance of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, the Lord, the I am, Jehovah, Yahweh, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them, I, the Lord, have spoken it. And I will make with them a covenant of peace, and I will cause the evil beast to cease out of the land, and they shall dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. And listen to verse 26, and I will make them and the places round about my hill a what? A blessing. And I will cause the shower to come down in its season. There shall be showers of blessing. So when you feel that blessing in your life, when you know that you're blessed, you have experienced God. When you're challenged in your life and you feel an unearthly force and person upholding you, strengthening you, 
in every challenge and given you ultimate victory in your life, you have experienced God. When you know the depth of, of the relationship of the lover of your soul, the one who loves you more than any other, the one who bled and died and has reserved a place in heaven for you and you know him in a saving way, you have experienced God. And when you live out the calling that he has given to you in this life and you're striving with all that you can to believe, to obey, to seek him and put him first, Beloved, you have experienced God. May the Lord bless you and keep you and use you is our prayer. Thank you for your good and kind attention.